Welcome to Prim and Proper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. Well, Marinella, after last week when we talked about being in our 30s without telling... Wait, let me rewind that. Tell me in your 30s without telling me you're in your 30s. I feel like a perfect follow-up to that is to discuss all of our regrets. Because now that we are reaching almost over the hill, I think this is the period in life where you start beginning to form regrets about things you had wish you had done earlier in life so let's let's get into that yeah and I want to say I don't have too many in the grand scheme of things like I like thought I would have way more and I, I really had to think about my regrets which is great I don't have a lot either and I think part of why I don't have a ton is that I've reframe some of those moments in my life so that they don't they don't necessarily feel like regrets maybe I see them as something that I learned from or you know a way that I'll do something different going forward Um, so I don't I don't necessarily feel a sense of regret when I think about certain things yeah I kind of see it similar similarly like I think about thank God I don't do things that way anymore or, you know, thank God I'm not the same kind of person that made that decision or whatever. That's kind of my frame of mind. Yeah, like it's a growth kind of, I've I've moved beyond that behavior or that way of doing things. And so, yeah, it's it's hard because I don't, again, I don't necessarily see them in the framework of a regret so much as I see it as missteps that are learning opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or things that I really, like, long for, I guess, are, I guess that's where I picked up, like, that I have a regret there, where I'm like, oh, man, I really wish I had done that. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like my biggest regrets are actually missed opportunities, Mm -hmm. like not being bold or taking chances, taking risks. Those, I feel, are my biggest regrets. Yeah, I haven't been able to figure out what like a a big regret is or a small one or whatever, but I, whatever the ones I have are somewhere, they matter enough for me to state them. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Well, to start us off, I'll say one of the things I'm regretting is not keeping consistent with my health. You and I have talked about this some uh, about, you know, wanting to get back into fitness and exercise. I know you do Orange Theory and I've been doing yoga in the mornings. It's just so much harder getting back into shape than having been consistent and kept it in the first place. So I feel like a regret is kind of, yeah, spending (laughs) so many years kind of eating unhealthy, not making exercise a priority. That's, those are both big regrets for me. Yeah. And I think going along with that, you don't really think you have to do that type of stuff when you're younger because you just are kind of like, I mean, personally, I felt like I was just naturally in good shape and I just thought more highly of myself than maybe I do now so it's kind of like oh I must have just felt like I look good I feel good I don't have to do anything totally and I think it's a lot easier to bounce back at that point you know like a weekend of unhealthy like fast food eating 
didn't impact me that much when I was younger. I could Mm -hmm. bounce back from that pretty quickly. You know, like I could go to the gym after a couple of weeks of not going and still run a decent mile time. Whereas now if I did that, it, (laughs) Lord, I'd probably pass. I'd, I would either pass out on the track if I was doing it out outdoors, or I'd probably go flying off the back of a treadmill if I attempted to, you know, <laughs> run a mile at anywhere near the pace I used to in my twenties. Oh, me too. I've I, I've been talking with a friend about like, what's your goal for you know running a five k? And I'm like, thirty five minutes is good for me. And she's like, you used to run it in like twenty seven. I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> I, I I did, but I also remember like stress fa- fracturing or something, like really like hurting my ankles regularly and just pushing through it. And she's like, well, don't let your age like limit, you know, where you can, what you can run to. I said, I'm not trying to limit my capabilities, but I do have like the understanding of like a little bit goes a long way. Like I'll get there maybe. And if I don't, that's mm-hmm. okay. Right. Being realistic about where you're at and how long it might take you. Not to say you can't run another 27 minute 5K, because I think you absolutely could, but it's going to take you a fair amount of training mm-hmm. to get to that point. Yeah. And, and it may or may not be worth that level of training. You know, you might decide to find somewhere that's in the middle of that. Uh, I remember my fastest 5K, I ran a sub 25 5K in my 20s and I threw up on the course. I was hungover. Oh. <laughs> you did that hungover? Yes. What a beast. Such, I used to do a fair amount of 5Ks back when I first moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And there's 5Ks almost every, oh, you know, every weekend here. And I did a fair amount of them. And one of them, I was hung over for it. And yeah, I, I upchuck somewhere around the one minute or the one minute mile. <laughs> you know, my sub, my sub one minute mile. <laughs> uh, no, somewhere around the one mile mark. And then I just think I was fearful I was going to throw up again. So I ran as quickly as I could. I didn't stop to get, there's usually like one beverage station or two on a 5K course. I'm like, nope, don't got time. And I might throw up on your beverage station, <laughs> your water beverage station, whatever. Uh, that was my fastest. And I think my only sub 25 5K. <laughs> yeah. And now it's the complete opposite. If I was hung over, it would not be a motivating factor for me to run my fastest ever 5K. It'd yeah. be a motivating factor for me not to show up to the race. Yeah, that'd be like, well, God had a plan for me to not be here. <laughs> right. Totally. Oh, oh, man. I Along the lines of that, my, one of my regrets is as far as like fitness and health and like exercise goes is not trying out like more water sports. Like I was always really like interested and boating or kayaking or paddle boarding and I don't know what it was that I just was like eh I can't do that but it's something I'm kind of gonna start dabbling in but it's like a regret because I feel like I could have enjoyed working out so much and you know maybe met more people that had the same interests as me I always kind of felt like oh I can't find anybody that likes to do this kind of stuff with me now so maybe I Mm -hmm. would have you know yeah. So tell me more about how you may begin 
dabbling in the water sports? Well, a coworker of mine um, who's a remote employee stopped by and she's like, oh, I, you know, have to clear the space in my trunk for you to put this in here because this is where all my paddle boarding stuff goes. I'm like, oh, I think I need you to take me out because I've always been interested in going. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll teach you how. So that's also one of the things like I don't want to go and buy a $500 paddle board and like try it and and hate it which i guess is kind of hard to know right off the bat but Mm -hmm. it's nice to like have the invitation for somebody who knows what the hell they're doing to show me the basics and i can practice for sure yeah it's nice to have a guide into any new like sport or activity i've done so i've been to some airbnbs that are on a lake and will have paddle boards so i've done i've done that and I've really enjoyed it, um, but I think there's probably more to be explored that I just didn't know about because all I did was try to stand on the board and paddle around in the little lake. Uh, I think it'd be cool to know, you know, like spots to check out and maybe routes to take. I know you love being in nature, so I'm sure that there's some knowledge around like where you can go for those things. Also, um, I feel like people who paddleboard regularly have amazing abs because of all the like stability you do while standing on the board and I hope that happens to me you know just by default yeah (laughs) I don't I almost don't want to tell you this for fear of when you come to visit me you may suggest we do it but I think there's a paddle boat or a paddleboard tour of the Chicago River that you can do where like you rent and then they like yeah and then they tour you around um, I just don't know if I should commit to signing up with you on this. I don't know if I'd, you know, the, the, the thing that scares me about, I guess, water sports is like, I didn't learn to swim until I was like 11 or 12. Like my dad, mm. when he was a little kid, he was out like somewhere in Venezuela on a kayak and he watched his friend like drown in front of him. And, like, some kind of situation became where he was very paranoid of water, obviously, but he would not encourage us to swim. So, like, swimming and, like, the water was always, like, ooh, danger. So I always always have this, like, do I feel okay enough to fall into that? So I'm trying to figure out, is the Chicago River a place where I want to fall in? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with the Chicago River, I mean, actually, I don't know. That's where we get our water supply from. I was going to say the water is icky, but that's actually where our drinking water comes from. So hopefully it's not that disgusting. Uh, The biggest thing would be if you came in March, they dye the river green with like vegetable dye. So it's still, you know, like edible and it, it gets cleaned out of our water by the time it gets to us. But it's bright green for St. Patrick's Day. That would probably be the worst to fall in that water. I imagine you might get stained a bit. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> it's probably frowned upon to paddleboard at that time. They're like, no, we can't let you do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They might. They probably do have limitations. I'm sure because the sailboats come in and out for season. I'm sure there's some limitations on when you can paddleboard for safety reasons. Um, but I don't know all that, all those specifics. <laughs> Perhaps not the I dead will. of the winter either. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that actually would be dangerous. <laughs> yes. There's maybe some ice that forms on the river that may or may not be very dangerous for you to fall through. But Yeah, we'll see. Know. We'll see. 
Uh, I feel like two two comments for you. One, talking about water sports, like the inner child of me had to hold back giggling because <laughs> I often think of people who like being, you know, piss play in, as a sexual act. And I'm not here to judge anyone. But when you said water sports, I was like, oh, wow. OK, we're getting into some of our uh, kinks <laughs> on the podcast, apparently. <laughs> No, no, I have been urinated on. I found it to be not amusing whatsoever. <laughs> no shame for anyone who enjoys it. I'm not here to, to yeah, shame Yeah, I think it was in the shower, and uh. I was just like, this is not cute, not funny. This is, we've crossed a line. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know if it's my thing. But uh, paddle boarding as a water sport, <laughs> definitely, I could get into. I had a similar thing where I've always enjoyed the water and felt like a little fish swam a lot. Uh, but I used to, at my dad's house, my dad's stepmom had a diving board and we used to dive off of that a lot, my stepbrother and I. And he, I watched him hit his head once on it and that freaked me out because he was fine. Mm-hmm. He just needed a couple stitches like, and, and really it wasn't that bad. But when wa- like when blood hits water, it spreads very quickly and it looks like a lot. And so yeah. it's very, you know, traumatizing to see, even if the injury isn't really that traumatizing. And so I kind of stopped diving. I used to do all sorts of flips and like didn't even think about safety at all. I was kind of fearless. Mm-hmm. I still had a bit of that, you know, adult fear hadn't kicked in. Anywho, I wish uh, I wish I stuck with diving a bit and tried out in high school to learn to actually dive. But uh, yeah, fear fear got the better of me on that one. So yeah, I can't imagine diving even into a swimming pool. It's just uh-uh. it's so interesting too because after that, my stepbrother went back to diving like not he was a couple years older than me and he was unfazed by it and went back to jumping off that board flipping all around whatever (laughs) I was like nah that's okay maybe he knocked the memory of it out (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's why it's got to be you that takes the hit and not witnessing (laughs) it that it's far more traumatic to witness something to, (laughs) to be the person who has to go through it Hey, years and years, my mom refused to go to any of our basketball games because she's like, every time I go there, you get hurt. And I'm like, would be natural for your mother to be there and to come for you when you got hurt, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, I would think, but you know. I'd rather drop you off with your coach and then come back and hear about the pain. Thank you. I don't have this on my regret list, but it... I wish I had taken more opportunity to snowboard when I was in West Virginia because I was about 30 minutes from a resort. And I wish I just gone a, like a season pass and gone out on the weekends and practiced. I don't necessarily regret that, but it is one of those things that I wish I could do now, mm-hmm. but I, I can't snowboard. I've only gone a handful of times and it's been over. 10 years since the last time I tried I think you just always think you're gonna have time like when you're in a place you're just like oh I can do that anytime I live here or you know mm-hmm. you know I'll I'll start next year or something like that so totally yeah 
And I think I felt guilty. I wasn't working when I was in grad school and I had <clears throat> like a stipend, but I felt bad, I think, spending it on, you know, something frivolous, which I don't now think is a frivolous thing to have spent it on, but I think that's how I thought at the time. So responsible. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I I'm mean, learning. I want to be, I regret being so responsible and wish I had been more irresponsible in my life. Yeah, that's actually one of my regrets. Like, it's it's up here on my list here. It's um, not, like, taking time between, like, everyone in my family was like, if you go to college, you don't have to work. Just stick with going to school and focus on that. But I was so dying to prove to them that I could take care of myself. So I was like, no, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to do everything. And I'm just going to take care of myself. And I never really slowed down on working. Like I stopped school and I was just like, whoop, still going to continue to work, not explore any of my interests, not take time off to travel, none of that stuff. I was just like, can't, can't even take the chance to stop working. Yeah, I wish I had traveled more traveled abroad when I was younger but you know again this to me isn't uh, it's not really a regret because I think part of it was life circumstances for me and I don't mean this as like a pity story but I did make my choice you know my mother was sick through most of my college years Mm -hmm. and I didn't take a semester abroad and I didn't travel during the summers because it was important for me to be able to be around and spend time with her because she had a terminal illness so it's not that it's a regret it's I mean I wish I had traveled more and kind of done that you know summer through Europe where you stay in a bunch of cheap hostels and you hope you don't become the horror movie hostel you hope it's more just the fun experience of getting laid by some Irish dudes yeah that's I miss you know I missed it but it's also like you know you're delta a hand in life and sometimes you make choices so I don't consider it a regret but I wish I could have done more of that when I was younger do you think like now that you you have that wish that you did it you would be more interested in travel now like oh maybe I can tackle that eventually so when I started this job uh, I started four months before the pandemic began and I purposely my old job was a we I, I was like the 11th employee there And we were a small company that had this big growth potential. And we really did grow up, uh, like grow immensely in the almost five years I was there. Uh, But they were horrible about time off. I mean, they, you know, were not great about a lot of the benefits and how they treated employees in general. But they also were really bad with the time off policy. And so when I got this new job, that was a focus for me. And part of the compensation I negotiated was additional time off, which jokes on me because when the pandemic hits four months later, international travel is closed Mm -hmm. for, you know, a year plus. I was supposed to go on, you know, to a friend's wedding in Italy. That did not happen. It was so like... (laughs) Yes. The answer to your question is, I do want to travel more. That is in my plans. Life keeps getting in the way of that happening, but I do I do want to do that more. Yeah, me too. And I feel like um, the amount of travel that I did probably in my 20s was 
it was a lot more actually i did travel a, a lot like within the united states and i would take trips and take time for myself in that way um but i regret giving any moment of time off back to the company i work for right now like i i have an intense amount of time to use and i still feel guilty about taking the time away because i there's still that part of me that's like this place is gonna collapse without me and it might <laughs> but <laughs> you're like that actually could be true it's, it's, it's but... quite possible that it would not go very well but at the same time like that's not my problem and it's it's my regret to not have used that time and like it's hard to use it when you have a pile of it then and it's just like i know eventually they're just going to be like sorry it's mine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i know i also think that there's uh very u.s based culture around like work ethic and not taking time off it's like kind of frowned upon in corporate culture or like if you are off you still maybe check your emails like there's this weird culture we have with always being connected to work and it seems to be a u.s based i mean i've not obviously studied every culture in the world but i think like a lot of i guess compared to a lot of european cultures where they do you know 30 days of vacation and you're encouraged to take holiday and it's expected of you to do that whereas here we've got this culture of like oh you just birthed a child you should be back to work in 12 weeks maximum ideally less (laughs) Mm -hmm. like holy cow yeah (laughs) why do we have this culture around and everyone like everyone i think you know is part of that system now and it's hard to even if you've got the time i think mentally it's hard to step away from that expectation Mm -hmm. and then you add on to the fact that yes i think the role you are in and the way the department was run before you stepped into that role it probably would fall apart if yeah and (laughs) took a week off i mean i credit the company i work for for like taking care of the employees that went remote but for the people who were who have been stuck in the buildings supporting the remote worker it has been brutal like Mm. non-stop chaos and it's just like i kind of regret not making steps out of that role because then i could be maybe one of these cherished remote employees by now i don't know um (laughs) that would have been great like i could have been sitting here with marley just like telling somebody my computer broke today and i get i can't work until you ship me a new one oh how convenient (laughs) third time is that the third time that happened to you this week okay (laughs) third time this week it's only tuesday (laughs) (laughs) exactly oh man but yeah well, shifting gears to something that is genuinely a regret for me, it is tanning. Whether it be tanning beds, whether it be laying out in the sun and thinking that I could tan. I mean, just in general, my approach to tanning was one flawed. I mean, you know what I look like. I'm very pasty white. Anyone who knows me knows I'm pasty white. 
I do not tan. I burn. It peels. And I'm the same level of white as I was pre-burn. Mm-hmm. That's that's about as good as it gets from me. Um, I may freckle a bit more. That will happen. But that's about it. The, there in the 90s and early aughts, I feel like there was such a culture around like tan skin and that look being in and I remember going to tanning beds I remember laying out by the pool again I lived in Florida and I went to high school and college in Florida mm-hmm. I went and laid out the beach I would use you know like SPF 4 a it was horrible and now I feel like I've got age spots sunspots on my hands and you know on my face and I'm really religious about sunscreen now, but you can't really undo 15 years of damage no. from your earlier life. No, and it's it's Ugh. skin cancer is one of the most common forms of cancer. Um, it is, and it's the biggest organ on your body is your skin. Is that is that the case? Is that fun yeah. fact? I used to yeah. put that dry like banana boat oil, dry oil on my skin, and I get really tan. Um, I don't now because I kind of like stay the fuck away from the sun and I'm like sometimes I look back at pictures of myself and I'm like holy shit I you know was dark but Mm -hmm. no one ever it's just yeah no now my son my skin just starts to have hives and stuff in the sun so it's like okay I'm gonna listen to my body (laughs) body's like actively yeah. <laughs> telling you to get out of the sun yeah uh yeah i mean i you know i go for oh gosh wow we got a real got a horn fight in the intersection is it can you okay, hear it? i heard something and i was like what is it? it's kind of okay somebody's not somebody's oh, not yeah. following the light somebody cut someone off and tensions flared chicago yeah. dramas such drama uh but yeah i go now for yearly skin cancer screenings i wear my sunscreen i'm trying to get on what is it like a retin-a regime or whatever to see if i can minimize these sunspots that have been created sucks man that is one thing i will say i strongly regret and that actually might be my biggest regret especially if it i haven't had cancer yet knock on wood but if it leads to that even if it's treatable that's still just to think i might have been able to prevent it you know yeah they'll start hacking stuff out of your skin i think that's what they do (laughs) yeah i think that is what they Uh, do (laughs) i I mean i work with a guy that he's like i want to get a tattoo so bad but my uh dermatologist was like you can't because we'll never know if there's cancer under it. We just, we can't let you get, we can't advise you to ever get a tattoo. Just don't do it. We'll never oh. know if there's something under there. And he wants to get like this oh. full sleeve. He's like, oh, I just want it so bad, but I could die. Oh, that's <laughs> so interesting. Because one of mine is I regret I haven't gotten a tattoo yet. <laughs> yeah. If you're prone to skin cancer, they'll tell you that's like your worst decision mm. that you could make fascinating i will say i was thinking of a very minimalist tattoo design not like a full sleeve Mm. not colored in just like a very minimal design so i don't know how much that would like obstruct the skin and like them being able to see stuff you know yeah i wonder if like so i mean the places that he's gotten skin cancer have not seen the sun 
I'll tell you that. Oh, interesting. So he's like, I think I got it from being in the military, like being exposed to stuff. And I just think that's something happened there because nobody in my mm. family has it. I don't stay out in the sun. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I haven't had any skin cancer yet or anything that's been removed for being suspicious. I just know I'm considered high risk because I've had... I always love when you go into a dermatologist and they're like, have you had at least one, you know, significant sunburn in your life? I'm yeah. like, bitch, I've had more than I can count. I won a week for 10 years. That's how many significant sunburns I've had. It's not good. We're not looking at good stats here. Yeah, I drove down 75 with my arm out the window for half an hour. Of course I had sunburn. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Oh, what do you got next? Um, one of my regrets, speaking of tattoos, is the uh, the mermaid t- tattoo on my back. Oh, yeah. For a few reasons. Um, mm-hmm. The design in which I picked the tattoo was a square frame. I It was just a piece of art that was square. And I was like, I want this tattoo. And I brought it... Um, to my ex-girlfriend, who I was obsessed with at the time, I brought it to her new boyfriend, who was a tattoo artist in training. And training. yeah, in Ooh. my stupid brain, I thought, you know, let me keep my enemy closer and I'm going to let this guy tattoo me and like get on Vanessa's good side. I'm going to let, you know, just all this crazy, stupid shit that makes no sense. I'm letting somebody put a permanent tattoo on me. So he had me do it. Like, in a in a position in which my back was stretched so that the skin was held taut. And it's not like it's, like, uh, really, really warped or anything. It's just not right for where it's at. And gotcha. I, I think I regret not only the, the tattoo being poor quality, but, like, putting myself through a situation like that that was so pointless. <laughs> like, I could have gone to a professional... If I if it was really about getting that tattoo that tattoo, I would have gone to see a professional. Yeah. But it was not. It was about like this crazy scheme that I had. I'm like, this is gonna do it. <laughs> and I had to have oh. it I had to have it redone by a professional. I, I went and got a different tattoo and he was like, What's up with this one on your back? Are you gonna finish it? I was like, Yeah, I was told it was done. He's like, It's not done and it's not done right, so uh, he's like, we could try to try to fix it, but it's like, you know, you should have come see somebody else first. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, oh. I should have. But now I wish I could just laser the whole damn thing off. But it's expensive, and it's it's a big area of my back. Yeah. Oh, and I've heard lasering like it's not comfortable. It has a little bit of discomfort slash pain with it, but. But it's still always an option if at any point you decide you want to go that route. And I'm sure the technology for it gets better and better. Yeah, yeah. Or I thought about just like lasering, lasering her face off because that's kind of like where it's a little iffy. Oh, okay. And redoing the face. Oh, okay. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Just mm, maybe. Tattooing it all black. Just a big black square on my back. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to get a tattoo when I was, I don't know, 16 or 17. I definitely wasn't 18 yet. 
I had asked my mom about because my boyfriend at the time was getting a tattoo and his mom had signed off on him. And my mom was like, no, I'm not I'm not signing off for you. You can get a tattoo when you're 18. Uh, and she was just like, just make sure it's something you could live with forever because you will have this forever. And my mother was not one to ever give any sort of, uh, you know, beware type of advice. She wasn't some, you know the world is scary type of a person. Mm-hmm. But she was in that regard. She's like, really, really think about that decision. And so <laughs> it has been 30 or, well, 20 plus years, and I have not <laughs> gone through with it. And I will say the tattoo I would have gone at 16 or 17, I would have regretted. So thank you, Mom, for not signing off on that. I wanted to get a carousel, like an individual horse with like the carousel, <laughs> you know, pole yeah. through it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I mean, I still have a fondness for horses. Anyone that knows me knows I collected my little ponies as a kid mm-hmm. and I have some other horse-related items. I'm a, I'm a horse and cat lady through and through. Uh, but... <laughs> I don't think I'd want a carousel horse tattoo on me. So thanks, mom. You're looking out. However, I've been thinking about getting a star. And I've thought of a couple different versions of this. But that I've been thinking about for almost 20 years. And I may follow through with that. I may do a, um, we'll see. I'll announce it on the podcast if I end up ever doing it. But one iteration that I have considered on my forearm it's doing like a very minimalist telescope on the one end here and then having like a star or a little sky uh, ah, scene down on the wrist. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's cool. That's, I've, I've not seen a tattoo like that, so. I haven't either. I mean, it's just an idea I have in my head because it carries like significance and importance to me on a couple of levels. Uh, but I've never seen one act. I think I'd have to just have someone draw it out. But again, I'm imagining like that kind of just like the lines and very simplistic i'm not someone who wants like color or a lot of shading in a mm-hmm. tattoo yeah that's just my personal well you know, i think they look beautiful on other people just uh go to a professional uh stay <laughs> yeah, from somebody's in-law apartment that has to smoke uh weed the entire time in order for him to feel okay to do it Thanks for the tips. I appreciate it. No problem. <laughs> he owns a tattoo shop now. I'll also stay away from that establishment. He does not tattoo in the shop, but he owns it. Well, know what your skill set is. Yeah. I think, is it is it your go or is it my go? I'm not sure. I can go, though. Yeah, um, you go. You go. I will say I don't feel like I've done this in a long time, but maybe it's because I don't date as much anymore. <laughs> so, but it's staying in unhealthy relationships for too long like not ending them sooner you know I've definitely had certainly the college boyfriend Kyle but there's been other relationships where my gut tells me I you know things aren't going well and it's not something that's resolvable it's not something that like we could work on and get through Yet I still, for various reasons, will stay in that relationship. And it's, I think there's a sense of, especially with with Kyle and other relationships when I was younger, there's like a familiarness and a comfort. You know, even if the relationship's unhealthy, you know what it is. And like that's familiar. Whereas if you end a relationship, 
that leads to like uncertainty and unknown like will i meet someone again what like will i be forever alone you know and that seems scarier than staying in a bad situation which now that i have been alone i've also read stats about the happiest women are unmarried women without children so i'm like actually okay there's scientific proof to back up yeah that i'd honestly be happier by myself so i mean I want a relationship and I'm not, I'm still, that's my goal. But I guess what I'm saying is there's no reason to keep in an unhealthy relationship. Like I know that now and I think I'm more apt to end those sooner than I would have 10 years ago. And I think I'm more comfortable with that unknown of being single. Like I actually know what that looks like. That's not unknown anymore to me and it's not that scary what if. Yeah, I can relate to that a lot because it is like, it is scary. Think, I guess when you're with somebody long enough and you start to picture like what your life will be with them or like, you know, that that, that person can change or, or, you know, you're eventually going to grow in a different direction. It's hard to imagine that that could happen again because you've invested so much like, I feel like I put a lot of effort into my relationships and when it doesn't pan out, I'm just like exhausted. I'm like, I tried so hard, you know, like I really did. And it shouldn't be that way. But like, I think that my regret in that is not finding people that I genuinely have things in common with, like values in common and being honest Mm -hmm. about that stuff. Because I mean, I just fucking went along with, with whatever I was always just like whatever makes you happy I'm dying Mm -hmm. on the inside but this is Mm -hmm. you you matter more than me and now I think maybe I don't care much as much about being in a relationship Mm -hmm. and I never thought I would say that but I think I'm pretty okay (laughs) I know I I know I'm pretty okay as well and um the last couple of you know encounters I've had have been strictly sexual they've not they've been fulfilling a carnal need and not necessarily an intimacy romantic need I mean in a lot of ways I get I mean I guess not intimacy well I kind of like there's certain intimacy I get from friendships right being able to be vulnerable and honest with friends is is really and and getting that emotional support from them is really great I know it can look very different with a partner and the level of intimacy goes ideally deeper than it would in a friendship, but there's still like some levels of, you know, of of emotional needs and intimacy that are being met through my friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, there's, there's parts of being single that are really great. Yeah. Yeah. But there's parts that, you know, they're not, yeah, I, I miss some things, but I'm, Again, I think I'm less likely to stay long term in something that's obviously unhealthy. And I, I feel like there's a lot of gray area in relationships. You might go through a period of time, and I'm not telling people to give up on like a difficult period of time. But you know, with my college boyfriend, I mean, he was like emotionally abusive, and there were so many warning signs and so many things. And I gave him, like, we're so beyond second chances when you're in yeah. like triple digit number of chances to redeem yourself yeah you really gave him a lot (laughs) it is hard to regret those type of relationships though because like if you hadn't gone through it you might not appreciate 
a good one that comes your way like you just wouldn't know like i can spot those relationships in other people pretty quickly where i'm like ooh, this person's really like running herself ragged and this guy's a dick yes and he's yeah. showing her and she's just like Ugh, you know like going with it and mm-hmm. and now if i meet somebody i, I don't want to say i'm like quick to like snap and judge and be like nope we're done but like if there's something that irks me about you i'm just like that's okay i can not be interested in you i don't have to justify that quality to myself right right and i do agree with your comment uh about you know not necessarily being a regret but like a learning experience and again i think it is kind of how i view it ultimately i did marry kyle so you know it was maybe a longer learning experience than i needed but nonetheless i do kind of view it as a lived experience that i apparently needed to have Mm -hmm. A lot of these are kind of that way where like, yeah, they're regrets, but I don't, I don't regret, I don't like live in the regret currently. Like I live in a place of, well, I went through that. If I could do life over again, I wouldn't do that thing, but Mm -hmm. I've learned from it. I'll not repeat it. Sometimes you got to learn the hard way. Yeah. Can a girl get a mulligan? Just one, please. (laughs) Just one. (laughs) My God. Um, one of my regrets is, and this is, it's kind of, it's kind of corny because I never thought I would like regret not doing this. But with my last dog, Steve, I had always hoped that I would take like portraits with us together and I never did it. And I felt so like, oh, I thought we were going to be able to do it, you know, but he got sick so fast. So it's yeah. a regret of mine that we didn't get to do it. But as a result, I'm going to do it with Marley. <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah. But it was just always like, I always pictured in my head, like, you know, doing it with both the dogs and my partner at the time, like just doing these cute, like people do it with their kids. Yeah. I'm like, I want to do it with my dogs. Totally. And I didn't get it. So it was kind of like, I should have pulled the trigger on that one. Mm. I've been thinking about hiring somebody to do a like a painted portrait of Walter. Mm-hmm. And the thing with that is I could theoretically get it done after he passes because I could provide fo- like, <laughs> trust me, I have probably a thousand plus photos of Walter. I every yeah. angle, every position, every <laughs> lighting option, things exist that I could provide a painter. But I do like the idea of still doing it you know like before he passes um Mm -hmm. so maybe you've given me the motivation i need to just find an artist and and commission a piece because i would like i (laughs) i'd like it to go next to my (laughs) artist drawn horse uh piece that my mother got me that signed side by side again horse and cat lady side by perfect (laughs) i can't think of anything better hey i have a painted portrait that joey did of butters um and it's hanging in my bedroom staring at me so (laughs) oh my goodness that might actually be able to fall like you know could double as walter's portrait butters and walters had some you know like they're like cousins distance distant cousins i think the only difference is maybe butters had like a little soul patch down here (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if patch. Walters had. Yeah, I don't know. But. No, and Walters also got you know like a missing tooth now, and his ear is crinkled. I mean, there's some there's some things that distinguish them apart. But he's gonna make an artist very happy when they get to paint him because <laughs> they look gone. for those quirks. They do, and I actually really want those quirks in there because I think his crinkled ear is adorable. You know, when his his lip catches on his missing t- like that area, Aww. it's so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things is when people like take portraits of their dogs when they're young and they do like a side by side of one when they're like a senior dog and you just see like how much they've changed and it's just I don't know I love it like it's so sweet to see yeah how how a pet changes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well is it me oh it's you yes tough follow sorry. Oh, boy. Okay, so um, this is, I guess I'm going to put in a more broad category, but I feel like I used to be much more adventurous, and I've lost a bit of that. So, for example, we have a couple of places in Chicago where there are glass escalators that go up, you know, like malls or what have you, and I am terrified of them because my fear of heights has now become so severe that, uh, you know, a glass escalator up to the second floor of a mall seems petrifying to me. And Mm -hmm. so I miss kind of being adventurous. Like I was that person that always rode the, you know, in the front of a roller coaster with my arms up. And now I'm, again, terrified of being on an escalator. (laughs) So I've fallen in what uh, constitutes adventure in my life and I would like to maybe get some of that adventureness back adventuresome adventureness adventure you know I don't know yeah adventurousness that feels like too much we'll we'll go with it you know what you know what we mean seems like a, a lot of extra s's in that one yeah yeah, I think it's harder when you get a little bit older, especially like when you get very set in like how your day goes to be a little bit more adventurous. Like I would love to just walk into a coffee shop and sit and just like strike up conversation with people, but I'm just so shy that it seems really hard to do. Yeah. And I mean, I used to approach tables every day and talk to strangers constantly, and it was just and I would get paid to do it, but it was like the same thing. I'm like, why can't I I guess it's because it's you know there's a script there's a way to go so it's just like it's hard to present yourself I guess without inhibitions out in the world I used I agree with you and I used to be better about it like I have asked men out or given out my number at bars and would approach like men and I can't kind of fathom doing that now I mean, part of it is I'm not really in like the bar drinking scene and that was perhaps an easier atmosphere to do it in because you know everyone's a little bit lubricated (laughs) with their Mm -hmm. alcohol and, you know, are more chatty. Uh, And I think that the culture has changed because now everyone finds each other online, which is a little bit different than it was when we were, you know, in our 20s dating apps. I think they, I mean, like online dating kind of existed, but it wasn't what it is today. But I've, yeah, yeah I've lost close, some close. of that. Just being able to approach a stranger and have a conversation, being able to, you know, ride an escalator without fear. I mean, there's just, 
things that have been lost. And hey, I'd yeah. like to uh, I'd like to practice getting out of my comfort zone more because um, I feel like I'll regret not getting out of my comfort zone more often the older I get. So I'm trying to trying to get back back into that discomfort space once in a while. Yeah, maybe take an escalator with a friend. <laughs> to the third floor. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think about the last time I've been in a building with an escalator at a mall, maybe. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's. I, it just always makes me... There's like a couple places here that have escalators that I've taken up. And I do. I get this like, ooh, in my chest. And I'm like, oh my God, this was the person that rode arms up in a roller coaster could have been thrown from that thing and killed did not care this escalator of which i'm very safe and contained is petrifying i feel like the 90s represented the escalator as something that was going to suck your foot into it like my mom would be super like paranoid of like (laughs) now when you step on be careful because something must have happened in the news where like an escalator grabbed a child's foot and it just like went wild like it went crazy (laughs) over the top like everybody's fear of getting their foot stuck in this and i didn't see a space big enough for a foot whatsoever like it would (laughs) seem like it'd be really hard but it seemed like okay this is this is gonna happen we have to be careful escalator fear is on the rise can you imagine people now texting they they wouldn't have to they would so many feet would be trapped in there so many Good God. Well, I think I only have one regret left, but it's a big one. Lay it on me. And I think probably the whole world would share this regret. It's just taking shots in general. Anytime I've ever taken a shot, it was it led to a massive amount of regret immediately, no matter what. Like anytime I've taken shots, I was just like, this is going to be the worst night of my life. Mm, and it yeah. has been. <laughs> I'm trying to think nights that I took shots that I I feel like at best it ends up being a decent night and you just feel like shit the next day. That's like the best outcome possible. Like uh-huh. the night doesn't go awry. Nothing bad happens. But, you know, and maybe you still do have an enjoyable night, but you feel like crap the next day. And you probably would have had that same level of enjoyment without the shot. So it didn't really enhance the level of enjoyment. Uh, I will say one thing I hadn't considered for this list, but you bringing up shots has uh, made me think about it. I am so glad I no longer drunk text. Like I can have my phone around me and be perfectly responsible while drinking. I'm not going to drunk text somebody. I'm not, I'm not sending a message that's inappropriate. Uh, God, that, that feels great. Yeah, yeah, we, I mean, that was, I did a lot of drunk texting as well, yeah. Oh, I feel like most of my nights of taking shots, the thing I would regret the next day was almost always a drunk text or something I said and did, I guess, while drunk as well. But there was almost always at least a drunk text to regret the next day. Let me see which X I can text. Or which booty call I can suggest meet up with me and then instantly regret when they do show up. <laughs> I will I will say, yeah, that's, ooh, that's a 
it's a flip of, the po- flip of the coin here. I will say that if I got drunk and texted, sometimes I was hammered but i had the awareness to know that i would feel deep shame and regret about it later so i would delete it and then the next morning i'd be like i know i texted this person but i would i would already have removed the text so that i couldn't feel like shit about it the next day i just would be like i know i did i love that you're like preemptively like well you can't undo the mistake but at least we can minimize our shame yeah like this didn't happen clear but yeah most of the times i've taken shots i either vomited in somebody's car vomited on myself vomited on somebody's carpet something where there's a lot of puking or um just genuine blacking out not remembering where the hell i got to how and i just hate hate that feeling <laughs> hate it mm-hmm. absolutely yeah yeah lots of vomit lots of people vomiting in when you're the dd too god all the vomit you would have in and outside of your vehicle <laughs> oh god god yeah. oh not good for the paint on your car no. Definitely, uh, definitely yeah. remember going home down two se- I was on two seventy five. I was <laughs> the DD, and I have at least a handful of memories of us leaving either, uh, you know, Mc- usually McDiddens, which was our big party place back in the day in South Tampa. Oh yeah, and, I got uh, thrown out of there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing was, like, for anyone not familiar with McDiddens, we would go there. We knew a band that played there, and we would just drink and dance. And then when we left at, you know, 2 a.m., there was that little pizza shop. You could get pizza by the slice. And we're like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is a great idea. Let's eat some pizza. I will say we were usually responsible and had as many DDs as we needed. But then you get in the car and you have to take the highway and everyone's drinks start slushing around a little mixed with that greasy pizza. And oof. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's probably actually the night that I got thrown out from McDinn's, I know I took a lot of shots. I know I was crying in the middle of the street. Oh, I no. called my brother and I told him that you had all left me behind. <laughs> and for him to come pick me up and he's like, Where are you? And when he picked me up, I was sitting on the hood of Ashley B's car. <laughs> So I was messed up. And then the next day, hung over, he drove me to Chipotle on like those bumpy roads. And I was like, I'm going to be sick. And then I had to eat Chipotle, hung over. Oh, it was no. just terrible. But oh, yeah, no. that, that McDitton's place. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, that was usually a shit show. Sink or Most. swim, I think it was. That those uh-huh. Some of those nights, I'm not sure. Uh-huh. I, I, didn't, I didn't swim. <laughs> Should have took those water sports seriously. <laughs> I wonder if Charlie Hotel still performs together. <laughs> I don't think they do. I've oh, I've seen them man. separately. Ha- so I always just remember that uh you know the, <laughs> to age us, MySpace was still popular at the time. And I mm-hmm. remember when a couple of us cracked Charlie Hotel's top eight on MySpace. We're like, we have made it. <laughs> the local band has us as part of their top eight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I wish MySpace came back. But we'd oh, probably ruin man. it now. 
We would destroy yeah. it. We would make it unpure. Yeah. I regret that MySpace, you know, didn't um didn't make it over Facebook. <laughs> yeah, me too. And so does the rest of the world, I'm sure. Along yeah. the lines of alcohol, today I forgot to tell you I was given a uh, a, a bottle of wine as a gift for my promotion hmm. and I looked at the label and it says the prisoner and it felt so fitting <laughs> <laughs> I was like this is exactly what this is I am trapped here thank you sir and they're like well we did we we thought maybe you'd like red wine I'm like but this label right here it's like a it's like a, a murder scene on it <laughs> and I'm going to keep it because obviously the label's cool and it's got a good story and it was a gift, but I was just like, God, this is. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't have gone you at least, uh, you know, Martha Stewart's shard hard. I mean, I come know. on. Yeah. I... Do they even know you? They don't. Nobody does. You're the only one who gets me <laughs> and our listeners. Have peered into my soul now. <laughs> yeah, now that we've opened up our deepest, darkest regrets. We're sunscreen yeah. kids. Uh, well, I think uh, that wraps it for this week. I'll see you on the Wordle tomorrow. Or the other eight varieties, yes. <laughs> see you there. Yes, and listeners will see you next week or hear you next week. I got I to gotta get a better closing. I don't know. I don't know. They're going to hear us, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, not see us, just here. Yeah, one day maybe. Bye, see everyone. Us. See ya.